Well, hello, church. What a joy and a privilege it is to gather once again as a church to worship. He is so worthy. So wherever you are and whoever you are with, we're just really glad that you have joined us uh, at Hosanna this weekend. We believe that God is on the move in this place and that he has something just for you today. So welcome to Hosanna. Um, I'm Pastor Jen. This is Pastor Ryan. And we actually sit before you today really as parents who successfully made it through the first week of online school hybrid, learning, whatever it is that you are doing, parents, high five out there. Either you, maybe you've been at this for a week or maybe you're at it for two weeks by now, but high five to all the students and the teachers and the administrators. We are doing this and we're gonna keep doing it together. So way to go. And we did know that uh, this would be a time when it would feel like the ground was shifting beneath us constantly. And so we thought, you know, this would be a good time to do a series called Solid Ground and just plant our feet firmly on the only place that we really can plant our feet that will not move. And that is the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we have a powerful message today. So glad you're here for it. And Ryan's gonna kick it off in just a minute. But before he does, just a very quick reminder to give as followers of Jesus. It's just what faithful followers of Jesus do. We do it. Many of you are already doing it. We know that. But if Hosanna is your church home and you are not yet giving, it's very easy to do so on our webpage or on the app. Or if you would like a text sent to you, a link to give, you can follow the information that is on the screen. So thank you ahead of time for doing that. Yeah, bless you for your continued faithfulness in returning your tithes and your offerings to the Lord at Hosanna and for making it possible for people who are waiting some even dying to know the hope and the heartbeat of, of Jesus. It makes all the difference in people's lives now and for eternity. Like Jen mentioned, we are in a series called Solid Ground. And last week, I, I set the framework for this series. And I talked about these two narratives or scripts that are competing for our attention and our allegiance in our lives. I'm not talking Republican and Democratic agendas. I'm talking about something much more significant, the contest between these two scripts in our lives. The first one, the gospel of self, sounds like this. Self-improvement, self-assurance, self-fulfillment. Self is at the center, the star of the script. In the gospel of self, it's all about self and it's all up to self. And the gospel of self always leads to shaky ground. I don't need to tell most of you this because you've experienced what I'm saying personally. Some of you, you haven't come to this discovery or conclusion yet that the gospel of self leads to shaky ground. As one of my mentors used to say, you still need to do a little more research on that one. But I would encourage you maybe to not do as much research and to come to the solid ground of the gospel of Jesus. The gospel of Jesus sounds like this. He, Jesus, lived. Jesus died. Jesus rose and reigns. And we have come up with symbols to help you remember this script. He lived the cradle, he died the cross, he rose and reigns a crown. The gospel of Jesus leads to solid ground where he's at the center and it's all about Jesus and it's all up to Jesus, solid ground. In this series, we're looking at each part of this story and today we are going to talk about the trap of living for and from self-assurance and discover how the cross sets us free from that trap. And to help kind of set up this theme, I've brought a sign from our home that hangs uh, in our stairwell down to the basement. 
It says, you have what it takes. This is something I say to the boys often. You have what it takes as they're heading out the door to school or to go play in a game. You have what it takes. My sister-in-law painted this sign for me because it's one of my sayings. Mm -hmm. But even this saying, this simple sign and the saying on this sign can lead to the gospel of self or the gospel of Jesus. Depends on which word you emphasize. If, if you emphasize the word you, you have what it takes. We're saying you are talented. You are handsome. You are smart. You have the best parents in the universe. You, it's up to you. And it's all about you, the gospel of self. But if we emphasize the word have, you have what it takes. You have what it takes. You already have everything that you need. You don't have to wonder or worry if you have enough. Jesus took care of that. He's taking care of it. You are enough. You have what it takes. One emphasis, the you, leads to constant pressure, looking inward, trying to do it on our own. It's up to, to, up to me. It's up to us. The other one sets us free mm-hmm. to live at ease with confidence, knowing that, that we have what it takes because of what Jesus has done. Mm-hmm. So, Jen, you have what it takes. <laughs> I'm going to have to be careful how I, I say it sometimes too. I'm going to have to be careful how I say it now. You have what it takes. They're going to look at us like we're totally crazy, but what else is new? You know, you yeah. get used to that as parents. <laughs> and it's true. I mean, it's really true. The emphasis is so important. And that, that really is at the heart of what we're talking about in this series. And particularly today, as we consider how we are all prone to follow the gospel of self and seek assurance inside of ourselves, from within ourselves. The question that we will then continuously be asking is, do I have what it takes? Do I have what it takes? Am I enough? Am I enough? That really is the core question of the human soul. We're asking it all the time. And what we're really after is assurance. We're after the safety and the love that our, that our soul longs for. And so we will ask over and over again, do I have enough? And without the gospel, we're gonna have to be answering that and looking for that assurance inside of ourselves. And so that script will say to us over and over, I need to be enough. I have to have what it takes. I just need to be enough. And we set out on the world trying to believe that and live out of that. But the script plays out differently. It plays out differently depending on our circumstances and depending on our uh, disposition, our personality. And so I'm actually going to flip the page here and do another little drawing. This is very simple. But if we are thinking about this, this desire that all of us have for self-assurance. So this is apart from the gospel of Jesus. If this dot here in the center is the universal desire to feel assured, to have a sense of self-assurance, that journey or that quest for self-assurance is going to take us in one of two primary directions. We're gonna go in one of two primary directions. Many people go in the direction of taking on the script, believing and living out of the lie that I am not enough and I will never be enough, never enough. And even as I say it and I write it, if you are someone who lives out of that lie, you know that you live with it. You live with it every single day. That's where this script will take some of us. But for others of us, it will take us in the opposite direction and cause us to live and believe out of the lie that I am enough. I am enough. In fact, I am more than enough. And both of these scripts lead to emptiness and ultimately lead to tremendous 
insecurity. And so we want to talk about how each of these plays out. And one of the reasons that we feel like the Lord calls us to speak together sometimes is that we are really different. You probably have picked up on that if you've seen us uh, doing our jobs here before. We're really different in a lot of ways. But as this plays out, the two of us can speak kind of, uh, well, very authentically to how this script feels and lives in each one of us. And so we're gonna be talking to you about how the gospel of self plays out in our lives. Remember, this is not the gospel of Jesus. This is the gospel of self. And Ryan's gonna go first. So does, does anyone wanna guess which one of us is which side of this? Well, if you're new, you may not be able to, but if you've been around, as Jen said, for a while, you probably could quickly identify which one I tend to, to live and out and which one Jen tends to live out. Uh, for me, it is this side of, of never enough. That's been my journey, uh, living this path of striving, struggling uh, for validation and assurance and never feeling like it's enough. Certainly for the first 20 years of my life, it was a big part of my, my story, my script. I was a good student. I did well in school virtually straight A's, but, but it never felt like enough. I, try, I tried to be a good athlete. I was always average, never great. It was never enough. I tried to find acceptance and approval from, from peers and teachers and coaches. And, and usually I did gain that approval and that acceptance, but, but still it was never enough. Long time relationship with a, a girlfriend unraveled because it was never enough. Even when it was enough in my life, it was never enough because there was a hole in my bucket, never enough. This quest for self-assurance. As Jen said, this never enough journey can, can lead to, in this direction, emptiness or a sense of self-diminishing or self-degrading, mm. a lowering of self. Right? This, this spirals down and down because you can never feel like enough and you keep going down and down and down and down. For me at age 20, it led to the lowest point in my life where I did get to this point of emptiness and self-diminishing where I didn't even want to live and I, I tried to take my own life. And some of you have heard this before from me, my story, but, but it is a huge part of my story. And in that lowest point, that dark night of my soul was also the greatest opportunity because that's when I heard these words audibly, I love you in the middle of the night. I thought maybe it was somebody in my room, but after four or five times, I knew it was God's voice saying, I love you. I love you, Ryan. And that was the moment that I discovered where real assurance comes from. It comes from being a child of God, a beloved child of God, mm -hmm. from knowing the fullness of God's sacrificial love in Jesus Christ for me. Mm -hmm. He loved me. And that's where we can know that we have what it takes, mm -hmm. that we are enough, that we are loved infinitely, relentlessly by the God of the universe. We are enough because Jesus is enough, more than enough. So now, at age 45, I never struggle with self-assurance. <laughs> That's all in the past. I wish. It's not true. I think we always have a tendency toward one or the other. 
even when we have that moment. And it was a milestone and a watershed moment in my life when I heard those words, I love you, and, and it was a turning point. But the struggle has still been there, especially in those times when I am fatigued or stressed mm -hmm. or the spiritual battle is strong enough, it crops up again. Mm -hmm. I, I would say my, my faith is more deeply anchored than ever before. The baseline that I live from is longer and stronger when it comes to real assurance, but it still hits from time to time. And on this side of the line, the, the, the struggle is fraught with, with fear and anxiety. Many of you can relate to this, fear and anxiety, fear that will never be enough, fear that, that what we are seeking validation from uh, will somehow be taken away or something will stand in the way and, and that we just will never be able to be enough and we're anxious about trying to protect all those things and preserve those things, pursue those things. It makes the ground un underneath constantly shaky. We live from insecurity. Just this past week, there were a couple examples mm -hmm. of this struggle playing out in my life. Yeah. Enough. Mm -hmm. We can't find true assurance in our performance, whether it's in preaching or parenting or, mm -hmm. or whatever it might be. It's never enough. Mm -hmm. There's only one place to find true assurance. Yeah. I'm just so grateful that at this phase of your life, Ryan, you are willing to share what that voice in your head sounds like because so many people who are listening right now totally relate to it, you know, that, that voice of never enough, never enough. And I think it's so important, you, you do know this, but for people like you who are listening right now, as someone who loves you and lives with you and is led by you, um, it's important to remember that people who tend towards self-diminishing, there is definitely an unholy element to that. But what it does give you is a very holy humility. And I think that that humility really is your secret sauce. So at the same time, it's such a gift. I think it's especially a gift as a, as a leader, especially of a church like this, it can feel so impressive. You're never gonna let it go to your head, you know, because you don't want to be the center of attention. You don't want to be the star, right? Well, now I'm gonna talk to you about the voice that is in my head. Now, remember, this is when I am living apart from the gospel of Jesus. This is where my gospel of self will take me. And for me, that same root, that desire for self-assurance does take me in a different direction. If on this side, people believe they're never enough tend to be self-diminishing is, is what you said. People on that side who believe that we are more than enough tend to be self-exalting, self-exalting. And at first blush, that can sound like a good thing because it is good to be confident. It is certainly good to be confident, but this is a deeper uh, internal message, really a deeper lie of false gospel that says, I am enough. I am. I can perform well. I can be charming and talented. And I, if I am efficient and focused enough and you don't get in my way, <laughs> this, this really, I'm speaking out of how I live. If you don't get in my way, I can, I can accomplish whatever I want to. I can be enough. I can be more than enough. And sometimes it creeps into, and I can be better than you. If self-diminishing leads to fear, like you talked about, self-exalting leads, of course, to pride. And it can be a pride that, that lords over people subtly or sometimes not so subtly and basically conveys a, a sense of superiority, an air of why can't you pull it together? Why can't you be better? Why can't you do more? Why can't you be more than enough like I am? It's so ugly. 
I mean, you, you know that voice from me. And it, it, it is ugly. We, we think about Narcissus, right? Or Narcissus. Um, and he's the guy who, you know, looked in his own reflection and just thought about how wonderful, found so much assurance in how wonderful he was. And he ends up totally by himself because he basically comes to believe that he doesn't need God and he doesn't need people. And nobody wants to be around him anyway, right? So this is how far that script can take us. And I just want to speak briefly but pointedly at something that I think I see because I understand it. And it is a cultural wave that is happening right now and it is particularly being pushed upon women. I think especially women in America that is perpetuating this lie that you can be more than enough. It is in the, uh, the vlogs and it is in the Insta feeds and it is in the books and in the conferences. It is this voice that is saying to women, you not only have what it takes, you can have whatever you want. You can rise. You know, you don't need those kids that are, you know, totally inconvenient and the husband that's needy. You deserve more than that. You deserve more than that. You can pursue you. And it's so tantalizing. It sounds so good. You know, you are awesome. You are powerful. You deserve more. So pursue you at all costs. Your happiness, your dreams, your success, you can be the star of the script. You can be. And it's alluring, but it is incredibly deceiving. And I just confess that my makeup is that I can be someone who can be drawn to that lie. But it is, make no mistake, every bit as much a lie as this side. I'm never enough or I can be more than enough. And so as you see that and, and, and hear us talk about it, you likely relate to one or the other of us more. You can see yourself on that continuum. Like, oh, I can see that, yep, apart from the gospel, I get pulled that way. Or apart from the gospel, I get pulled this way. And that's why we share our stories. It's not for our sake, but because we hope that in, in seeing that, you'll recognize and be able to confess your own yuck, because it really is yuck. <laughs> yeah. How do you really feel about that? <laughs> I'm talking about myself. It's, and it's true. There is yuck. Uh, but I want to say, you said some nice words to me about the strength side or the beauty side of each of these. And there is a beauty side and a strength side to the one who tends toward more than enough. There is a natural confidence. And I've been so grateful for that in our marriage. It's buoyed our marriage at times, your natural sure. confidence and belief in self. Um, it's buoyed me. I'm grateful for that. Yeah. But both extremes do not lead to real self-assurance, mm -hmm. real assurance. They, they lead to insecurity, shaky ground, both of them. You can't find, and it's because of this, you can't find assurance in self. You can only find assurance in a savior, in Jesus, in the cross. We can only find real assurance when Jesus is at the center of our lives, the center of our story, when he's the star of our script, knowing that, that he has died. I heard a quote recently that the cross beams are the real center of the world. And it's true. That's where we can know that we are enough because he is enough. Where we can know that we're loved, that we have what it takes because of what Jesus has done. 
And I want to, I want to, instead of my words kind of undergirding that, that picture, we want to read some scripture from Colossians chapter one. If you have your Bibles, open them up. Oftentimes we begin with scripture, but we want to kind of land with scripture here in this message because this message is so critically important. Colossians chapter one, verse 19, for God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. There's the, he lived from last week, the incarnation, he lived. Verse 20, and through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Just stop here for a moment because we who've been around the church for a while, we've heard the gospel message for a while, we tend to kind of rush past this. His blood on the cross, his costly sacrifice for us. It was costly. It's good for us to sit with that, to lean into that. We don't always want to, but it's so important. In fact, I would encourage you to, to, to go through this passage multiple times this week that I'm reading right now and really sit with the cost that Jesus paid for us. Some of us have never heard this message before, or we've heard it, we've never really understood it, or we've rejected it because of this idea of the blood of the cross that's messy, cruel. See, we live in a world where we want everything to be tame, we want everything to be civilized, but the cross is messy, it's edgy, it cuts at us, and it pierces mm. our sensibilities and our self driven narratives. Verse 21, this includes you who were once far away from God. You were his enemy, separated from him by your evil thoughts and actions. Yet now he has reconciled you to himself through the death of Christ in his physical body. As a result, he has brought you into his own presence and you are holy and blameless as you stand before him without a single fault. Did you catch the past tense language there? Right here. He has reconciled you to himself. He has brought you into his own presence. And because of that, you are holy and blameless. Because of what he's done, because he died on the cross, gave his life for us, we are right now holy and blameless. Would you just sit there for just a moment? Hear that? Those who are in Christ, you are holy and blameless in his sight right now. Not because of what we've done, but because of what He's done. You are. And because of that, you stand before him on solid ground. It's been said that the gospel of self is about do, 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 do. The gospel of Jesus is done. It's done. It's finished. It's taken care of. He's enough. And then verse 23 says, but you must continue to believe this truth and stand firmly in it. Don't drift away from the assurance you received when you heard the good news. The message of the cross for me, and I drift, we all drift. But the message the cross brings me back, it causes me to turn around from this endless pursuit of finding self-assurance in my accomplishments or in others and turns me back to the center, mm -hmm. the center of the center where I know that I am loved. He loves me. Mm -hmm. He's done it all for me. I stand before God holy and blameless because of him. That's what mm -hmm. the cross does, real assurance. I think it's a neat um, thought to consider how the cross speaks to you versus how it speaks to me. And that 
hearing you articulate how the cross matters to you and brings you back to that center of true assurance. When I hear and when I heard the gospel proclaimed for the first time the message of the cross, I feel invited to, I feel in my more than enough, invited to turn around and instead of seeking after my own glory to give myself a sense of self-worth and assurance, I realize that I don't have to do. It has already been done. And so now I can live my life for his glory. And this verse, you know, we, we kind of go back to when we hear the gospel for the first time and we need to keep hearing it over and over again. But I heard it for the first time when I was 17. And I went home and I remember uh, the relief that I just had a sense of relief. And I think it's because I couldn't have said it at the time, but it was basically like I could lay down the weight of my own glory. I didn't have to carry it anymore. The sense of needing to be more than enough in order to prove that I was worthy of love and assurance. And this is the verse that spoke to me then and continues to speak to me. This is out of Galatians chapter two, verse 20. And many of you will know it, but just hear it anew, okay? I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in this body, I live by faith in the son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. That verse sets me free. It sets me free. That dot on the center of the line is where my quest for self-assurance now goes to die. Crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me, and he is more than enough. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And so when I live out of the gospel of Jesus instead of the seductive gospel of self, I can be, I can be confident in who God has made me to be. I can walk in that authentically and even boldly, but it is not the answer anymore to finding self-assurance. My assurance is only found at the cross. And so we have shared how this story plays out for us and, and maybe you recognize um, your story in ours and you realize that, that the gospel of Jesus is the only place that you can find the assurance that you're longing for in a similar way to us. We've also had a couple other just different groups of people in mind this week and, and how we go about trying to find assurance. There are people listening right now who would say, oh, my journey has been trying to find assurance by just keeping myself safe, keeping myself protected. You know, it's all the security systems. It's having all the security in place in your relationships and in your life. It's avoiding the toxins and the chemicals and only eating organic. And, and really it's a, it's a hyper control of your environment in order to try to feel assured but it doesn't work, does it? It does not work. We also know that there are people listening who even right now um, bear the weight of your own sin and your own mistakes. And so you never live with a sense of assurance. You don't feel like you can ever live with it. And then there are people we know that um, actually religion has done this to you. Religion has caused you to think that if I just do these certain things, pray these certain prayers, put, go through these certain rituals, that will secure my assurance. But that is baloney. <laughs> that isn't true. Our assurance can only be found in Jesus. And so maybe it is time for you, whoever you are and whatever your story is, for the first time or maybe for the thousandth time to hear. You have what it takes. You have what it takes. Amen. And in order for us to live with real assurance, we have to flip the script from the gospel of self, say no to that and say yes 
to the gospel of Jesus. And here's how that happens. Colossians 1.27 says this. This is the secret. Christ lives in you. This gives you assurance. Hmm. That's the secret. When Christ lives in us, we flip the switch from gospel of self. Self dies on the cross. We've been crucified with Christ. And we step into this solid ground living of Jesus living in us. How does that happen? We simply have to say yes to him. He's standing at the door knocking. He's always standing at the door knocking. We just have to open the door, say yes, invite him in. More than any other outcome of this series, we hope that you will say yes to Jesus and flip that script. Maybe for the first time, maybe once again, maybe you wanna restart your journey with Jesus. And so we're gonna pray right now that that would happen in your life, wherever you are. Let's pray. God, we thank you. The phrase that's coming to my head is the precious blood of Christ. We want everything to be clean and civilized and tame, but the cross is about sacrifice. It's about the God of the universe sending his son. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son to live and to die on the cross to take on the punishment and the death that was intended for us. But in his sacrificial love, we can stand in forgiveness and freedom and fullness of life. We thank you for that gift. That's where real assurance is found. That's where we can know that we are loved beyond description, where we have what it takes. And for those who are ready to say yes to you in this moment, pray with me. We say no to the gospel of self and we say yes to the gospel of Jesus. We say no to the gospel of self and we say yes to the gospel of Jesus. And we walk in that solid ground. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Well, we are grateful that you've joined us. If you are someone who said yes, maybe for the first time or once again, we'd like to know that. Mm -hmm. We'd like to know how we can support you in your journey. And so we'd ask that you just let us know through our website. There's a button, say yes to Jesus button, where you can let us know who you are and also let us know that we can um, support you in that journey. And so please do that. Yeah. We would love to, love to come alongside you. Uh, We also know that some of you are gathered with people in a church at home experience, and we just wanna encourage you, whether you're with your neighbors or your family or your kids, it's always best to have a conversation about what you just heard. It's how it goes deeper into our lives. And so in just a moment, some questions will go up on the screen. You can pause your screen, take a picture, but use those questions to have a conversation together. Hope you'll join us next week uh, for the third week of Solid Ground. But before we close the service, receive this blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May he look upon you with favor and give you peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. God bless you.